My name is Jacob Stoops, and you're listening to the Page 2 Podcast, my podcast about the reality of being an SEO in which I chronicle the real-life stories, experiences, challenges, and advice from some of the most amazing people in the industry. Today, we talk with Jennifer Wright, Technical SEO Associate at GoFish Digital. We talk about how she went from social media to SEO, why SEO is like golf, how she helped one of her clients go from no visibility to ranking for huge search volume phrases just by filling content gaps, how she was able to get another client to rank for a highly competitive vanity phrase, some advice she's gotten while dealing with imposter syndrome when considering whether or not to speak at a conference, the woman's empowerment movement that's currently taking place in SEO and other industries, as well as her love for Duke basketball and home renovation shows, which I myself love as well, and so much more. So get your popcorn ready and get geared up as we tell Jennifer Wright's SEO story. Hi, everybody. This is Jacob Stoops, and I am here with Jennifer Wright, Technical SEO Associate at GoFish Digital. How are you doing, Jennifer? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. That was a, actually a bit of a tongue twister. Too many steps <laughs> there, I, I, or, or SH sounds there. Wasn't yeah. sure quite how, quite how to handle it. Um, so Jennifer is another... SEO coming from the Raleigh, North Carolina area, and it seems like there is a strange congregation of really good SEOs in Raleigh of all of all places. Um, so, and I just had J.R. Oaks on a couple of weeks ago. So, I guess my my first question, and it's certainly not the most important question, is like, why are there so many good SEOs in Raleigh? Where did that come from? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I was just talking about that with a coworker. Uh, who also owns an SEO agency and he operates out of the nest, which is a co-working space where we work. Um, and it's just pretty funny to see how there's so many SEOs and digital marketers in this area. Um, I think the RTP area has a lot to do with that really great quality businesses. And um, I don't know, just a lot of nerds around here, I guess that, that love digital marketing and SEO and, uh, and beer. So the Raleigh beer and SEO meetup has been a fun uh, project working with JR Oaks and all of the great people over at Adapt Partners. So before we, and I want to cover, I want to cover off on that for sure. Before we get into that, why don't you tell people who, who you are? Yeah. Um, so I'm Jennifer Wright, as you said, uh, technical SEO at GoFish Digital. Um, I started getting familiar with SEO back in 2013. So, uh, I still feel very much like a newbie, but, um, it's been fun to kind of grow in this industry and um, and getting to work for GoFish Digital is, is like a dream come true. I've been here for two years in July, so um, it's been an awesome road. Uh, I w- got started in SEO working actually as a social media marketing manager for a global software company, and um, we had all of the amazing tools that an enterprise company would have Marketo and Salesforce and an awesome content team. Um, we created eBooks and blog posts and resource articles and a lot of great content. Uh, we tracked and reported on everything and I just learned a lot. Um, and super thankful for an awesome boss there who liked my ambition and kind of let me go off the rails a bit. Um, and I just decided to utilize the heck out of our content team and, uh, created an SEO checklist and I, you know, wanted them to go through and, and optimize each piece of content that we created and really started to measure and track that uh, traffic and user engagement from our content pieces and was able to show some really cool data uh, to our company, which really energized all of our teams to work together and it was a really cool experience for me, but I quickly realized that uh, social media was cool, but I liked search a lot better. Um, so I just really dug into Twitter and found some super smart SEOs like Bill Slosky, who I now get to work with, which is pretty amazing. Um, but yeah, just dug into the SEO world and, um, and just never looked back. It's, it's been a great ride. 
Yeah, Bill is, in, and I, I don't know him personally, but he's kind of an old grizzled veteran uh, in the industry. <laughs> he was there when I when I began, and he had long been there when I when I began. Um, so I guess what's it like to like? I find that SEOs they always tend to start off somewhere else, right? Nobody, nobody's not nobody, but most people don't start as an SEO. You start somewhere else and then you fall into SEO in some way, shape or form because you find it and you discover how awesome and challenging it is. And, and then you're like, all right, I, I guess I'm an SEO now. What's it, li- <laughs> what's it like going from social to SEO in terms of like day to day, in terms of your mindset, the types of work you're doing? Yeah. Um, well, I definitely appreciate my social media background. Um, it's definitely an important social media or important marketing channel uh, that can definitely be used to drive business, which, uh, you know, I can remember when Facebook was first rolled out to UNC Wilmington when I was a student there uh, many moons ago and never once dreamed of utilizing it uh, as a platform for business. Um, so, all of that knowledge is really cool, but uh, just being in the search world is just a, a lot bigger opportunity and a lot more going on. And I can really work with businesses um, holistically and take a look at the bigger picture and not focus on one channel, social media, but just focusing on driving their business. And, uh, you know, depending on their business goals, you know, that can mean more brand awareness or helping convert more customers on the actual website. So I just get to have my hands in more of the business side of things, which I really enjoy um, and just get to learn a lot more about industries and um, you know, what customers are looking for and how I can help businesses show their value to their customers to, to attract them and convert them, which is really exciting and challenging. (laughs) So so you mentioned starting you started within social and then you began to kind of develop your your kind of a checklist and really heavily leverage content writers which led to what sounds like some great results which you shared within the company which energized the company um i I guess my question is at what point did you realize going from social that it was necessary to start working with your content writers and integrating across the two channels and creating a checklist? Like, was there, was there a moment for you where like you weren't thinking about SEO and then you're like, Oh shit, maybe I need to think about SEO and maybe I need to help the writers. Like what was that moment like for you? Well, honestly, I think it was more of a gradual thing, but I can remember uh, playing around in Google Analytics and we were a smaller marketing team and, you know, focused on email and social and all sorts of things, but no one really had their hands in Google Analytics on a regular basis. So I got access and kind of poked around and, and like I said, we were a global company, so we had a ton of traffic and people from all over the world. So it was just really fascinating to see all of that information um, at my fingertips. And then I started looking at, you know, our top landing pages in Google Analytics. And we created all of this awesome content and, uh, you know, contracted Microsoft developers to write ebooks and all of this hard work went into this content we were producing and I just realized our engagement numbers were shit and <laughs> I was like there's got to be something we can do here and um, so just kind of the more I researched things you can do you know from basic title tags to just creating helpful content resourceful content um, I guess SEO is a little more not keyword stuffing back then but we really didn't hear a lot about searcher intent back then, um, which is definitely uh, important now, of course. But yeah, just looking, just found an opportunity and, and tested the checklist and just went through kind of basic on-page optimizations, um, nothing too crazy. And within a few weeks, you know, just starting to see some, some improvements, some up and to the right, which everyone likes to see. So uh, we just kind of built on that and continued, and and now that's a process that I assume they still have <laughs> in place. But uh, yeah, that's essentially how it came to be. Within your um, within your company, it sounds like maybe there wasn't a lot of either visibility or like they. I don't want to say that they didn't care, but maybe it just wasn't a high priority. How d- how did you use the data to make it a more visible and high? higher priority within, within that particular company? Yeah. So, um, we were a 
Microsoft development company, software development. So I think, you know, I was speaking to developers and folks who are just kind of in the nitty gritty of what software we were developing and we had four updates a year. So I think it's not that they didn't care. They were just kind of focused on their own projects um, and running the business. So since I was able to kind of show them before and after the checklist was implemented and how we're driving more traffic and, you know, I could add tracking and tie it into Salesforce. So if I got a lead from Google and then they ended up being becoming a customer and uh, then they worked for a company and then their whole team bought licenses, you know, that, that revenue quickly builds up and um, showing that to your C-suite, you know, that'll get their attention. So I think just, uh, speaking numbers and data and just showing them the facts of, hey, just putting a little bit of effort into optimizing this content really makes it worth our energy, you know, to create the content. So um, it was a pretty, it was a pretty fun experience. Yeah, that's something we've talked about on, on many of these episodes in terms of getting buy-in from upper management or from C-suite and really in a lot of cases, it just comes down to not necessarily getting so far into the details or kind of how the how the the the, the bread or I don't know what the saying is how the meat is or, or is, is made or the sausage is made, um, but showing them the raw outcomes and the numbers and the up and to the right movement is absolutely critical. Yeah, um, definitely. Sometimes we say uh, that's the hardest part of our job is not the actual SEO, but getting the buy-in from our clients. And sometimes it feels like we have to sell them on SEO again and again. But once you do get those wins and earn their trust, then it's exciting to see them kind of believe in SEO and see the potential. And then they're more open to testing new things and trying out different strategies, which is really fun. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So we, we went from like zero to 60 here and we got... <laughs> down into the into the weeds which don't get me wrong I, I like it um, that was that was that was awesome and I want to continue to get into the weeds but I do want to back out for a second and um, so let's talk about you per- personally like what yeah. do you do outside of SEO yeah so I um, I live in Raleigh I just bought a house with my boyfriend Keith and his son Brendan so um, we have a dog Tucker and an acre of land that we finally called the retreat. Um, so we spend a lot of time doing house projects and uh, doing yard work and just making the space our own, which has been so much fun and so rewarding, um, sometimes stressful and intense, but <laughs> definitely good team bonding and very rewarding. Um, so I love just doing projects around the house. Um, thankful that I still get to work downtown three days a week and kind of experience the best of both worlds, though. Um but I enjoy going to the gym. I'm really into yoga. Um, love going to the pool now that that's open. So, um, yeah. Yeah, Memorial Day. Yes, <laughs> the pool is the pool is open. So, yeah. um, so for those of you that don't know, I I actually just came off of paternity leave, and Jennifer and I thought that we were actually going to be doing this interview while I was on paternity leave, but my wife had a baby a little bit earlier than anticipated. So I, I am now back, but I will say one of the things that I did and you're, I guess you're supposed to be um, relaxing when you're on paternity leave, but I took it as an opportunity to get a lot of housework done and yard work done like you. So I also love being outside and I can appreciate the, um, the need for um, being outdoors, especially when you spend all day, you know, pounding away on a computer yeah, at a desk. Um, Definitely. So, so I guess what are some fun personal, personal facts about you that maybe people that don't know you would like to know? Yeah. Um, so one of the fun things I like to do outside of work is volunteer with Dress for Success, um, which is a great nonprofit. It's a national nonprofit. And there's a, a location here in Raleigh and in Durham, actually, just down the street, Um, But they just help to empower women and help women, um, whether it's getting suited for professional clothes so that they can go to an interview and feel confident or helping them with their resume and interview skills. Um, There's 
just a lot of different ways that they can contribute to the community and help women find jobs and just improve their daily lives, you know, which helps obviously improve the well-being of their children and their families. Um, so it's been a really great uh, movement to be a part of. Um, so that's one of the fun things I like to do. Um, another thing about me that people that know me are definitely familiar with, but I'm a huge Duke fan. And uh, for my 25th birthday, I actually got to go to California um, with some friends. And the national championship game was two days before my birthday and Duke won. So that was one of the big highlights of, of my life for sure. Um, I grew up in Durham, so I was just raised a Duke fan and I'm lucky enough to have been able to go to Cameron uh, Indoor Stadium since I was a little girl, and I even volunteered at the Hall of Fame and the, the Duke Basketball Museum just to be in the air. So, um, yeah, pretty diehard Duke fan. <laughs> so, so that game in particular, was that the one where Gordon Hayward, who if you're a basketball fan, you'll know him. If you're not a basketball fan, you won't. At the end of the game, almost made like an over-the-half, <sighs> over-half-court shot to yes. win it. That yes. would have been, been epic. <laughs> I have chills just thinking about it. And it's, yeah. it's funny, I was in a bar uh, full of um, Butler fans, or more so non-Duke fans. So mm -hmm. I, had, I had some fun after that one. <laughs> yeah, so... What are your thoughts on the University of North Carolina? Um, I, I don't have a lot of thoughts about them. I'm just kidding. Really? Okay, I was going to say. I definitely respect them as a school, but just, just not a fan of the basketball team. And uh, um, no, it's, it's fun to have the rivalry, and it's, it's, you know, it was such a great place to grow up and being in the heart of college basketball. And um, I played a little bit in middle school, um, which was a great experience. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's just really fun to be not only in the SEO hub, but also the college basketball hub. <laughs> yeah, basically, it basically is. It basically yeah. is. So I, um, I am in Columbus, Ohio, and I'm from Ohio, so, of course – big Ohio State fan, and mm. we have the, um, the Michigan rivalry, so I know a little bit about rivalries my, myself, and yeah. I, I, if I had to describe the, the rivalry, although the last probably 15 years, maybe more, it's not really been a rivalry because we basically won every, every almost everything. I know, almost I know. Every game. Um, but back when it was a little bit more of a, a rivalry, it was pretty, pretty intense. And I would not, uh, having gone to Ohio state, describe it in such a nice way. <laughs> yeah. Keith is a huge Michigan fan. So I've kind of taken them on as a, as my team as well. So oh, definitely yeah. familiar with the, the rivalry. Don't hold that against me though. <laughs> right, I'm canceling this podcast. <laughs> cool. So I have it on good authority that you like the show property brothers. I do. I do. Um, it's been fun now as a homeowner to get to, to learn. I kind of watch that show with a different lens, but it's so cool the things that they do on that show. And it's something that uh, our whole family enjoys watching and uh, we really geek out on that show. Is that something that your family watches as well? well I was going to ask you, do you like, because there, there are a few shows and I'm, I'm a huge fan of those types of shows, but there, there are a lot to choose from. So there's Property Brothers, there's Fixer Upper, Love It or list it and there's a few a few others but like those are the main three that I watch how would you rank those three Ooh, yeah probably in the order you just described I do like fixer upper um and property brothers maybe about the same love it or list it is good but um I don't know I'm not a big reality tv show fan so sometimes it gets a little too much for me but, <laughs> yeah. but I enjoy what they're doing I appreciate their what they're doing I I actually find them super super annoying but I <laughs> Because I like those types of shows, I can't help but can't help but watch. Oh, I'm a huge fan of Fixer Upper, and uh, one of my man crushes would be Chip Chip Gaines. Yes, he's just, hilarious, super hilarious. So if he's anything like that in real life, I'm I'm like I wish I could just be there for be there. For <laughs> I know yeah. you're so he's funny. Awesome. Um, yeah. I also saw you're a huge um, organized crime fan. Ah, yes. Can you see my pictures on in, for the people on the podcast? I've described it before, but you can't see it because I don't have video. I'm a huge, and it's not like I'm an, I'm not an organized crime fan. It's not like I'm like, yay, mafia, go commit crime and ruin people's lives. But I just, I'm a history fan and I find the history of that 
um, really, really interesting. And it's also been um, romanticized with a lot of movies. And I've got movie uh, movie art on my on my wall uh, in my office from The Godfather, Godfather Two, Casino, and Goodfellas. Uh, and there are many other great uh, mob-related movies, but I just find them incredibly fascinating. Yeah, we love uh, watching those documentaries and movies, too, in our house. And we really started getting into the America in Color series. Have you seen any of those uh, episodes? I have not. I have not. What is yeah, that? Check that's it out. I'll send you the link. There's one on uh, organized crime, which made me think about you, but it's it's on the Smithsonian channel. Ooh, that's probably why. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it's been fun. Brendan is even getting into it, you know, just seeing seeing it in color kind of makes it more real. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's, it's been fun to, to geek out on that lately. I've been actually like with the rise of podcast as a, as a medium, I've been getting in, and it's weird to call something that is just almost pure audio on YouTube a podcast because it's really part video. But I've been getting into like audiobooks and podcasts that people host on YouTube. So basically, I, I listen to mob like current people talking about current mob uh, going on uh, podcasts. So cool. like, that's a weird thing. I feel yeah. like a very weirdly specific thing that I deep level uh, there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I, I know way more about it than I, than I probably <laughs> That's but, awesome. Yeah. It's super interesting. It is. It is. Um, so let's jump back into, into SEO. So tell me a little bit about some of your biggest successes. Yeah. Um, probably one of my favorite, um, success stories that, um, it's still a work in process, but one of our clients does custom framing and we found some really uh, unique keyword opportunities for them to go after um, just frame sizes. So various uh, specific frame sizes, five by five, 16 by 16 um, that have really significant search volume and um, saw their competitors ranking, but they weren't ranking. So um, we kind of built out a recommendation for how to, create a page that would target those individual frame sizes. Um, So they went from no search visibility in that space to ranking on page one in just a few weeks um, for keywords with, you know, hundreds of thousands of searches per month. So um, it was pretty awesome to see those results. And even better is that we can scale this out to, you know, many more frame size pages um, and then can kind of bounce that off of their most profitable frames that they sell. Um, so that's been a really cool, uh, project that is still in process, but that was, that was a really big win that felt good. Uh, and the client was super excited about that one. Um, I have another client who is in a super niche, small, uh, industry and he wanted to rank on page one for the most generic broad terms possible, um, terms for which, you know, Amazon and Home Depot are just dominating the SERPs. Um, so quite the, um, the initiative that he wanted us to go after, but, um, we, for about a year, we just worked hard on doing, um, updating content on the site and just kind of doing tried and true best practices for SEO. There were some technical issues, um, to, to fix. He was on Shopify. So a few, um, quirks there, but we just worked hard to make the site easier to crawl and just building out quality content. And now we're ranking, I don't even want to say it out loud in case it changes and Google can hear me, but we're ranking on page one uh, for these three priority keywords and have been for the last few months. So it's been pretty exciting to see, um, you know, there were competitors that, that were outranking us that had, you know, less quality sites. They were doing some black hat link building. Um, so our client was really frustrated that these poor sites were outranking us and we advised him, you know, this won't last. They, uh, Google will eventually come around to their, their technique there, which thankfully they did. And now we're, we're ranking on the top of page one. So, um, pretty fun to just go through that whole experience. And I learned a lot about, you know, not chasing the algorithm, not going after every little new, um, thing that, that, comes up, you know, there's so many changes and sometimes it's easy. Like for example, when Google, this is just a small example, but change the character limit for meta descriptions and 
everyone started furiously going through and updating meta descriptions to 300 characters or around that limit uh, for clients. And then, you know, several months later, Google changes it back. So um, just being mindful of you know, focusing on building a quality website, not just trying to outrank competitors or to beat the latest algorithm update, just really focusing on building a quality website. And, and that's what we did and saw great success. Or the recent Favicon update. Yeah. <laughs> back on. Yeah, I can't even get into that. <laughs> so that, like, I, I think that second success story brought up some interesting points um, that I want to explore a little bit. So it's a pretty common request for especially um, C-level clients where they have kind of a, a pet keyword. It's, it's, um, it's, I sometimes call it vanity keywords. Yeah. It's they want to rank just because for their own personal, personal reasons, maybe sometimes ego. Yeah. Uh, I guess, how did you deal with educating them on the reality of what it was going to take and how long? It sounds like it took a while. Um, or or the, if it was even realistic at all, how did you work with that client to get them to understand? It sounds like you were successful, but in many cases, this is this is a high effort activity that doesn't prove to be very fruitful. How did you educate this particular client on what it was going to take to rank for their kind of their version of a vanity keyword? Yeah, definitely. Um, it was challenging. Uh, they had worked with a previous SEO agency that um, did them wrong and it wasn't a great experience and they kind of left the website in shambles and um, they didn't have a dev team, so we were kind of on the hook for coming up with the recommendations and implementing them. And, you know, honestly, we weren't sure if we could achieve the goal of ranking on page one for these terms. Um, we had a lot of limitations to work around. Um, he didn't have a marketing team to, you know, create content or provide images or all of these little things that really helped to build out a, a quality, robust site. Um, and so we just had to, you know, take it day by day. And the calls were intense at first, and he was not very happy and, and just wanted to know why we weren't ranking well. And so we had to be very blunt about uh, technical issues with his site, things that were broken, and uh, they take time to fix. And it takes time for Google to crawl your site, especially for these smaller, more niche businesses. Um, so it was a lot of education, uh, a lot of patience on both sides. And um, we, we just got down to business. We stayed focused and we had our strategy and we stuck to it. And thankfully, we started seeing some gains um, that just continued to improve. So, you know, he's a business guy. He just wants to see the results. So once we started getting those, he kind of backed off and, and realized we knew what we were doing. And, and now our calls, we just laugh and make jokes and talk about other businesses he's working on and, and other opportunities. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's been an awesome experience, but it's definitely a, an educational piece that takes time and, and due diligence to, to ingrain in, in their heads. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it takes repeating it many, many times and you have to have a lot of, a lot of patience and um, a lot of empathy for, for empathy is really important yeah. uh, thing in SEO. You have to have a lot of empathy for, for understanding where they're coming from as a, as a business owner or as, um, as an executive who has certain milestones that they have to hit. Um, and I think we on the SEO side sometimes can get caught up in, hey, this client's an idiot, or they they're they're really difficult to work with, or they just don't just don't get it. And we can allow that to kind of just permeate and sometimes um, tarnish or, or irreparably harm our internal perspective on you know this particular client. And really, the way they're thinking about it is, I'm putting my hard-earned money. Um, into this and I need a certain outcome or maybe my business isn't gonna isn't going to, to succeed so I think we on the SEO side as hard as it may be uh, need to remember to have empathy but at the same but at the same time there's a fine line between that and educating a client who in some cases because they don't necessarily understand how 
things work and how hard certain things might be to educate them on the fact that, hey, in most cases, these vanity URLs not only are either A, too difficult, sometimes don't even make sense for, for right. the client, right? So exactly. it's a fine line. It's a fine line. And it's, um, it's nice to hear that uh, somebody was able to walk that, walk that fine line and, and the client didn't, um, didn't turn, turn it off too soon uh, because that happens too, where they, they lose faith too quickly and they don't realize that implementation is, in my opinion, implementation is the hardest aspect of, of SEO. It's not finding the problems or creating a strategy. It's getting it, getting it implemented. Um, and that's why SEO takes time. It's the implementation because the implementation always takes really long. Yeah, definitely. And you know, each site is unique and built differently and has its own set of, of issues and opportunities. So, um, you know, that's definitely one of the biggest challenges, but also one of the reasons I love SEO because you get to learn so much and really figure out the intricacies of websites and, and Google, and you really can make a difference for these business owners and their their well being. So it's it's pretty pretty awesome to be a part of that. Um, it reminds me of one of my first biggest failures, though. Um, yes. I'm thankful that I learned early on in agency life, but I can remember being so pumped to share our latest monthly report with the client because organic traffic was just through the roof. It was more than they'd seen um, in the history of their business. So I just could not wait to go over this report. Um, and my enthusiasm was quickly deflated when the client completely ignored my comment about organic traffic and asked, well, why was revenue down? Why are calls down? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that really got me in check and made me realize, uh, you know, just because organic traffic is up and that's technically a success for SEO, that doesn't equate to a success on their end. And I want to focus on helping my clients meet their business goals. And, you know, if revenue and, and calls are down, who cares if traffic is up? So that is something that we're, we're um, dealing with, with one of our clients where we've found a way in, in again, implementation has been a big problem with this particular client, but we found a way to get a few things through um, that are, important, but they're more high funnel stuff, right? They're, they're not, um, it, it, the content that we were able to get through has a lot of search volume and it, and it is definitely relevant, but it's not necessarily the search volume that is apt to convert immediately mm -hmm. on the site. But out of, we gave them 10 prioritized recommendations or whatever, however many we gave them. And that's the one they picked it pick to implement. And the good news is traffic and rankings exploded. Like it's the best traffic they've ever gotten. Yeah. The bad news is revenue, signups, uh, conversions, completely flat. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's kind of our next problem that we're, that we're having to deal with. And I, similar to you was, was definitely break checked from standing on the top of the mountain and talking about how awesome we are because the, the revenue, unfortunately, didn't come along, didn't come along with the traffic. So that's, that's, that is a big, a big problem for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, one cool thing we've started doing um, is utilizing heat maps for uh, coming up with some CRO optimization opportunities. So that's been really fun. I hadn't done much in that space, um, but just geeking out on, you know, click data and where people are scrolling and looking on the page and that can really help um, show the client why we would need to at least test, you know, changing around some calls to action or showing them, you know, no one is looking at this video that you think is so great. I'm um, sorry to break it to you, but we need to <laughs> test something else here on this page so that we can get some conversions. Um, so that's been a fun tool. Do you guys do anything with heat maps? We have not, I, I think other teams do for sure, but on the SEO side, at least on my clients, we haven't gotten that that far along yet, nor have we gotten the clients that when we have an idea like that are, are allowing us to, to do it, right? Sometimes, sometimes they have to say, they have to say yes. Um, but we have definitely gotten into, um, and this is what I love about the industry is it's not all keywords and search volume. It's really getting down. And you had mentioned intent, um, intent earlier 
mm-hmm. on in the conversation. It's really getting down to like, all right, we're driving traffic, but like, okay, what's going on with this page? Why isn't it converting? Or we're, we're seeing rankings for a particular term, but is this really the best page to be ranking? And how can we get a different page that we have in, in that spot or whatever. Um, so SEO I think is so cool in that it branches out into so many other areas that you're like, just by being an SEO, you're not just an SEO. You're expected to know so much more and you get to play in so many other, so many other arenas, um, which makes it really, really cool. But sometimes it can also be really frustrating because there's so much to know. And there's, I talk about imposter syndrome all the time on this, um, you know, on the podcast and, um, there, there, no matter how long you've been in the industry in especially in this industry, like there's, there's always something that you don't know and it can be, it's a great challenge, but it can be also very frustrating and intimidating for, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's funny how something that can be your biggest challenge can also be, um, your biggest joy in what you do every day. It's, it's great that no two days are the same that you can have your hands in a lot of different, uh, areas of business or different industries, but sometimes it just hits you like, holy shit, this is, this is so much. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I want to shift gears a a little bit and I want to touch on, so you touched on, uh, volunteering for dress for success Mm -hmm. is, um, leading into kind of women in empowerment, women's empowerment. Um, and because you sent me some, uh, extraordinarily robust notes. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I, I wanted to cover what your thoughts are on kind of the state of the industry, the state of women's empowerment within the industry, and also the state of discourse. There's been a lot of discourse and a lot of trolling in the industry. Um, and I just wanted to, to get your thoughts on kind of what's going on in 2019 with SEO as an industry. Yeah, definitely. Um, we'll just stick to SEO here and not expand, even though I have thoughts on <laughs> on a more worldly level there. Um, but it's been super empowering and, and encouraging to see how the women in SEO and just tech in general have come together to um, really empower women and to create opportunities for us to uh, share things that we go through and to just support each other, which... Um, really makes a difference. And I don't think that's something that women in general have had in the workplace, but especially in a male dominated industry um, and tech fields. Um, So it's so awesome to see, um, you know, I just saw this, this lady that I follow. um, She's head of SEO at Verb Search. Um, I hope I don't say her name wrong, but Arij Abuali. She just created a women in tech SEO meetup and a Facebook group. So if you're not in London, you can still join and, and be a part of the community. Community, um, But her, she shares that um, her common theme that she's found talking with women is how overwhelming it can be and how we constantly wonder if we're good enough. So kind of like the imposter syndrome mm-hmm. you mentioned. Um, so it's just been super encouraging to see women come together and instead of, you know, comparing each other and judging to just work together. And um, I love the quote, empowered women empower women. Um, So it's just really, um, it's just been really awesome to see just the forward progress there and just being a part of building that community. And um, we've got some great female SEOs in the Raleigh area and just being able to work alongside them and to hear their path and how they've helped to pave the way for other women and encouraging, um, you know, women to be involved and to speak. Um, even though there's not a lot of women speakers out there, it's important and makes a difference. And even seeing the guys, um, stepping up and, um, promoting these movements and saying how important it is and the value they get from their women coworkers. Um, it's just really awesome to see that happening and to be a part of that. And, and do you know what I, I've been guilty of saying this and you just said it, you know what I really find so weird about the industry is that we have to even say female SEOs. It's I know. Like, yeah. Like we're it's, just SEOs. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, just learned things, you know, from, yeah. it's just hard to break out of those cycles and, um, 
but yeah, we're getting there. So that's exciting. I, I agree. We, I think we are getting there. And something I would, my experience it has been that I, I, and I don't under, I don't quite understand why it's this way. Um, and I'm not, I, I've kind of voiced my thoughts on it, but everywhere that I've been, the SEO department in general, and um, it's not necessarily true with the entire digital marketing department I've been in. I find that within paid, within social and other channels, that there's a little bit more equal representation. Mm-hmm. But within SEO, every every place I've ever been, it's been almost, if not all males, all males in the upper echelon positions. And it just never never quite made sense. I've only ever been at one place where there was a female of significant position within the SEO leadership group. And she was one of probably the best people I've ever, I've ever worked with. And, and it just makes me wonder, is that still the state of things? It's the state of things everywhere I've been and I don't get it. Um, and it, I don't know. How does that, is that, what has your experience been like in, in that regard and how does that make you feel? Yeah. I mean, I was actually the first um, female SEO hired at GoFish, which was super exciting. Um, was very proud of that. And now uh, I work alongside two other females on our team and we just hired another uh, female who's starting in a couple of weeks. So um, it feels really good to be a part of an agency that cares about that. Um, and wants to have a diverse team that sees the value in having a diverse team. Um, And so thankfully, that's not really part of our our culture here. I don't have to deal with that. Um, And and honestly, I don't know if it's just how I was raised, but I just feel like um, everyone has some sort of shortcomings or uh, issues that they have to deal with. you know, my stepson is playing basketball and he's on the shorter side, but he definitely struggles with that, being shorter than other people and um, getting picked on and all sorts of different things. So I just try to focus on my job and being the best SEO I can be and, you know, paying it forward, giving back, sharing information. Um, so many people have helped me along the way in my career, um, both women and men. So I just try to, you know, not make it more of a thing and definitely a feminist, but also just a realist and um, want to be included in the conversations in the business decisions. And um, yeah, I'm not going to ask to be invited. I'm going to show up. I'm going to be there. And I think a lot of the women just in the world, but definitely women in tech have that attitude now. And we're tired of being <laughs> on the back end and we've got, um, we can do great work and definitely um, want to be a part of pushing that movement forward. So another, another thing I would say um, more and more, but not traditionally associated with women in the SEO industry is being a technical SEO. Mm-hmm. How did you, how did you become or, or learn the tech side? Or maybe did you always know it? Like what, what got you in at GoFish as kind of the technical SEO? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I've always, I never liked math or super technical things growing up, but I was always very curious and mm-hmm. uh, was always a problem solver. So I think I was more drawn uh, based on, on those factors. Um, but then the more I realized all the cool stuff you can do coding and developing, and it's just a whole, this whole new world that was opened up to me that was just amazing. And, you know, it's funny people, um, there's always this, not really beef, but, you know, between developers and SEOs. Um, and I just never felt that. I always loved developers and they always were so helpful and um, taught me so much. And I just always felt so appreciative of the knowledge they shared and um, being able to be a part of that world was so exciting. It, it can be a little overwhelming because now I'm like, oh, I want to learn JavaScript. Oh, I want to learn Python. And I have to kind of focus my efforts on what is really the most impactful for my job and what I do every day. Um, But, you know, it's fun. You can create these side projects and just play around and test stuff and build stuff. And um, it's really rewarding when you finally get your code to work and whether it's structured data that you're trying to validate or, um, you know, whatever the case may be, it's just, it's just a whole new world that I've really enjoyed being a part of. And, 
And honestly, I hate writing. So this is the alternative <laughs> to being a content writer. And I do focus on the contextual side of SEO at GoFish. Um, but it's interesting to see how the on-page world has, is shifting more towards technical and with the structured data and all the ways you can um, structure your page to enhance it and, and get the featured snippets and to get the review stars to show in the SERPs. Um, it's just really cool all the ways you can, you can uh, manipulate the SERPs. And I don't mean to sound negative or refer to black hat tactics, but um, there's just a lot of cool stuff you can do if you can get into the code and, and make some changes. So I just love being a part of that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, um, it's, I, I've had, I think, a weird experience in that I came up as a, as a designer and I've always been more on the design and the code side before I was more broadly introduced in, in working in other kind of types of SEO tactics. So like now I tend to get bucketed as a technical SEO and now I kind of sometimes chafe a little bit because I'm like, I feel more like a Swiss army knife. Like I can yeah. in other areas, but I, it's like the chicken or the, or the egg. I tend to get the more technical SEO projects and I'm like, come on guys. I want, I want more. I want other things. Let me, let me get out of these technical SEO waters for just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. It's hard once you kind of have your niche and people know you're, you're good at one thing, then right. they kind of just go to you for that. <laughs> so what do you love and what do you hate about the industry? Um, wow. Yeah, I don't really feel any specific hate towards the industry. Um, we like, kind of touched on this, but yeah, just the egos and the trolling on Twitter can just be a bit much sometimes, but I feel like that's in life in general. It's not really specific to SEO. Um, it's just funny when people get behind a, a Twitter handle, they can just say all these things that they would never ever say to someone's face. Right. So that can be a little draining um, and hurtful. Uh, I've never experienced it personally, but um, just reading some of the, the comments can be a, put a bad taste in your mouth. But um, on the opposite side, what I love about the industry is how tight-knit the community is and how we share information. And it seems like most SEOs truly care about, you know, the greater good of business and the internet and the world. And um, it's just really awesome to be a part of the SEO community and helping business owners, you know, grow their business and overcome challenges and, and really making a difference in their lives. Um, it's, it's a really cool community to be a part of that I feel like only continues to get better. So um, I would definitely say the community is what I love most. Yeah. So uh, a couple of things. So with Twitter, I 100% agree. If it weren't for the fact that there are two reasons I go to Twitter, it's um, one, because I'm an SEO and you almost have to, if you want right. to be SEO, you almost have to be on, on Twitter. Not so much the other social networks. Uh, maybe that'll change in the future, but Twitter in the SEO, SEO Twitter is kind of like where you have to be able to play. Mm -hmm. Um, a little bit LinkedIn, but, um, but I, I also go to Twitter because I'm a huge sports fan or like, that's the best place for sports. Oh yeah. Um, but it is a nasty, nasty place. And I've not yeah. yet experienced any sort of negativity directed at me, but I've seen people that have, and I, as a parent, for example, like I would never let my kid have a, have a Twitter handle with some of the stuff that, that goes on and people are just downright bullies. And it's, um, it's to the point where like, if I didn't have to do it for my job or if I wasn't such a big sports fan, I would never ever use Twitter ever because of, because of the, the, the level of discourse and, and how people treat each other, uh, which is horrible most of the yeah. time. I think it's an issue with social media in general. And, um, and I think that, um, sorry, someone's interrupting me. Um, I think it's just something, you know, it's scary thinking about kids these days having social media accounts and, and all of the bullying that goes on. Um, you know, it's just really scary to think of, you know, thankfully I grew up without that, you know, I got Facebook when I was in college and I don't have it now just because it's, it's just too much. It's information overload. And mm -hmm. I don't think we're meant to absorb and process all of that kind of information from all those people. So definitely value in Twitter. Um, but you just kind of have to be selective in what you choose to follow and choose to digest. 
Uh, absolutely. So who have, who have been your biggest mentors in the industry? Yeah, definitely Bill Slosky. I mean, when I was first becoming an, to understand SEO, I followed all of his tweets religiously and read his back and forth with people. Um, he's so great about uh, educating and just talking through concepts. Um, so that was really impactful for me. And, and now I can just G-chat or email him if I have a question because we work for the same agency. So mm-hmm. um, that's been pretty awesome. Um, the beer and SEO meetup crew, those guys are super smart and um, always helpful, always available to share some information or answer a question. Um, and honestly, everyone at GoFish Digital is my mentor. We get together on a weekly basis every couple of weeks and um, just make sure that we're innovating and sharing our wins and sharing our losses and talking about, um, you know, something cool that we tried that that maybe worked, maybe didn't. Um, But just making sure that we're staying on top of the latest Google updates and uh, different tactics to help us to get better and improve. Um, So every day I'm just in awe when I look around and see the amazing people I get to work alongside and no matter how busy we are or how intense the day is for someone, you never hear it. Um, Everyone's always collaborative and helpful. Uh, Maybe it's because we're only in the office three days a week. I'm not sure, but um, it's been a great experience being at GoFish and just being able to absorb and learn and be a part of the great work that we do here. Yeah. And I've, I I feel like at a few eight, agencies I've been at, that's been um, a really great part of the experience. Like when you're something you miss when you're in-house and don't get me wrong, like there are people that love being in-house and it's a great fit for them. I was never one of those people. I've experienced it a couple of times. Uh, But something I love about being at agencies, especially if you have a a large or larger, even medium-sized SEO department is it's really great to have people who kind of get you and understand where you're coming from, understand the, uh, the industry itself, and to be able to bounce ideas off of. That's incredibly, incredibly valuable. It's also incredibly valuable to have a group of people that not only get you, but that you can go to to vent when you're experiencing problems and frustrations, which happen almost daily, um, especially agents in agency world where you deal with many clients, many types of uh, industries, all kinds of different types of problems, many personalities. Um, it's really good to have a group of people there that understand you. And I've always found that incredibly beneficial. Yeah, definitely. I've only been at two agencies, Adapt Partners and Go Fish, And thankfully, I haven't had to deal with, you know, you can hear a lot of bad stories about agency life. And um, while some of those are true, it's, it's definitely been a great experience and um, working alongside smart people who, um, work through challenges with you and, you know, it's very team oriented. Um, I can't really imagine being in the in-house side, uh, working on one website and maybe having a team, maybe not. I think it would be a totally different experience. Um, so yeah, I'm really thankful to be at, at GoFish and being a part of this awesome team. It's crazy. Um, last year or 2017, we won, um, best small SEO agency in the U S and then this past year we won best large SEO agency, which was so exciting just to be a part of that growth and to be a part of this awesome team. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you go from small to small to large in two years. Yeah. Must be, must be doing something right. Yeah. Um, it's pretty awesome. Want to be respectful of time uh, really quickly. Favorite SEO tactic. Yeah. So, you know, I love using the tools. Hrefs um, is definitely my go-to Um I like looking to see what competitors are ranking for and doing well that we can do better or maybe find a missed opportunity. But I think one of my favorite SEO tactics is just uh, getting in the SERPs, just looking at the search engine results pages manually and um, stepping out of the tools for a second and just kind of looking at what Google is presenting. Um, I always think SEO is like golf. There's so much to think about and consider, but at some point you have to swing. Um, You have to send the recommendation. So um, just trying to understand how Google perceives the intent behind a search query, uh, what kind of sites are ranking at the top of page one, and is this a good opportunity? Um, And if it is, then just go after it. Um, Another tactic that I love that I've seen some really great success with, and it's 
um, a pretty low effort initiative, which is always nice to kind of have running in the background, but just refreshing old blog posts that have gotten some good traffic, but are just outdated and finding ways, some new information to add, uh, new images, new images, um, just kind of refreshing your content. We've seen some great results from that. Um, and then also working with um, content, so building out data-driven resource-type articles that earn links um, and help to build trust with users. We've seen a lot of great success from that. Uh, definitely takes a lot of time and effort uh, to build out those content pieces, but I think it's worth it, and it really gets you some great results. So, yes, I... I am kind of the unofficial AHRF spokesperson. I love their, they, they certainly don't sponsor me by any stretch of the imagination, but I've been using their tool for a while and I love their tool. Um, I also think that you should get that SEO is like golf's uh, uh, quote, like you should print that. <laughs> That's like a motivational. Is that my thing now? <laughs> yeah, I think it's your thing. You should like patent that saying. That was, That's a really cool saying and it's so, so true, right? You can spend all the time in the world lining up the shot, but at some point you got to swing, right? You got to yep. deliver the recommendations and, and then see what happens. Definitely. Um, you should print that out. Um, <laughs> I'll get on it. Best advice for somebody who is new to the industry, um, whether they came from another industry or whether they're like fresh out of college and getting into SEO in 2019, what would be your best advice for them? I would advise to not get overwhelmed with all there is to learn. Um, you definitely want to stay up to date on SEO, uh, staying on top of Twitter, following people who um, share quality content and who, um, you know, just reading through conversations on Twitter and seeing different people's viewpoints, how they would uh, tackle different challenges can be really helpful to learn different ideas and strategies. Um, and just focus on understanding the concepts um, of how Google crawls and indexes the web and how the algorithm works. There are hundreds of ranking factors that change daily. Um, so it's been beneficial for me to deepen my understanding of, you know, how Google groups the ranking factors. So quality, page speed, rank brain, uh, structured data, freshness, all of these types of concepts. Um, it's been much more impactful um, to just focus on understanding those concepts versus uh, what are the latest algorithm changes and how can I, you know, overcome my deficits or, you know, just trying to be an algorithm chaser or finding the little tips and tricks to boost rankings. Um, I mean, those are fun sometimes, but I think it's not as beneficial um, as an SEO. Um, and also this is something J.R. Oaks shared with me, um, just find your niche. So um, I think that's something that you had also mentioned with this podcast. You know, it's, it's unique in that you're getting to know the actual person and their background and learning about them, which is really cool. Um, I can remember talking with JR one day, just, he was trying to convince me to speak at a meetup and, and I told him, you know, I, I feel very new. I'm still absorbing. I'm a sponge. You know, what do I have to say to, to you guys about SEO? And he just looked at me and he said, you're a damn SEO. Um, so ever since that day, I'm an SEO and uh, just owning, owning who I am and my, um, my knowledge. And there's always room to grow. There's always something new to learn every day. So it doesn't matter if you uh, just started out in SEO or if you've been a developer since the 90s. Um, no one knows Google's al algorithm. So you just have to keep learning, try your best, and just keep moving forward. So that's what I would say to a new SEO. That is a fantastic way to look at things. And I often feel the same thing. I've been doing this for a while, not since the 90s, but I've been doing this for a while too. And even, even I still have a, a sort of fear about public speaking and whether or not what I have to say is going to be of value to people, um, not just people that don't know SEO, but people that have been in the industry. It's like, what can I possibly teach them um, that they don't already know? And the, the saying, like, you're a damn SEO. Absolutely right. You are a damn SEO. You've got something valuable to say. You've, you've, if you've been in the industry for a while, you've probably moved the needle for somebody and that's incredibly valuable. And because the industry is just so willing to, um, so accepting and so willing to share information and wanting 
uh, wanting people to share information, even if that's all you share, even if it's not a revolutionary tactic, people want that because they want to reaffirm that what they're doing is the right thing as well. Even if it's something that they've already done or they already know about, it's good affirmation. Um, yeah. So don't be afraid to get in public and, um, and speak to people and, and uh, share kind of your unique spin. Absolutely. That's great advice. Um, so where can people find you? Um, so I'm on Twitter um, at love Duke is my handle. Um, I'm in Raleigh. If anyone's ever in town, uh, come join us at the nest. Um, and we also have our beer and SEO meetup that meets every month uh, at different breweries around town. So um, I'll be speaking in August with my coworker, Chris Long. So um, that'll be fun coming up. But yeah, I'm around. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for, uh, for coming on. Thank you for being so candid and thank you for telling your story. Awesome. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Have a good one. You too. Thank you so much for listening to the Page 2 Podcast. If you like this podcast, you can listen and rate it on a number of platforms, including Anchor.fm, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Radio Public, Applecast, Stitcher, Breaker, CastBox, and more. If you wish to support the growth of this podcast, please visit my website at jacobstoops.com forward slash page 2 podcast or Anchor.fm forward slash page two podcast to make a donation would be greatly appreciated. If you're an SEO who would like to be interviewed, I'd love to have you. Simply send me an email at jake.stoops at gmail.com and we'll absolutely set something up. Until next time, happy optimizing.